friends. We are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the What With Friends podcast. Llewellyn, I have a question for you. Okay. I know it's already late. We're like a week behind, and then this podcast isn't going to come out for like another week. So it's going to be like two weeks behind topic. But okay. I'm sure you've heard of the person in Illinois who won the $1.3 billion lottery. I actually haven't. <gasps> what? Oh, my gosh. Okay. This, the, it's like the third largest one in like our nation's history, I think. It's the Mega wow. Millions and one single winner. Wow. After that's 20, incredible. like after 29 consecutive draws, one single person won the $1.3 billion lottery. Holy cow. Now, I did some research because I was like, okay, with taxes and with the other winners, you know, people who win like the $2 or the $100 or even $1 million, million based on like what the draw is, how, like, how much does this person net? And I found out it was about $533 million. So not, not 100000 Wait, did you say 533 million dollars what uh what i'm dying to know because my co-workers and i talked about this for a solid hour the other day as you like should last week, about what we would do with that money and i just have to know what would you do with that money and who are like the first three people that you're calling oh i have gosh. to know you guys can skip ahead like five minutes because we're going to talk about this, but I need to know. Oh my gosh. Okay. The first three people I would call, we'll start there. Um, I would probably call my mom because she would not believe me. Um, I'd probably call. <laughs> of course. You'd have to be like, let me send yeah. you a hundred thousand just to prove it to you. <laughs> right. um, I'd probably call her. I'd probably call um, my best friend, Nicole. All of our friends know who she is. Um, and then... Honestly, I'd probably call my brother. I don't... I think because, That's like, sweet. he he would not believe it either. And so I'd, like, I'd want him to be, like, one of the first ones to know. Yeah. But as far as, like, what I would do with it... Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's, like, a, such a loaded... That's so much money. I know. Um, it was so fun to dream. I mean, like, the nice things. Like, obviously, I would donate some a lot of it because like what am I going to do with that much money um so I would like probably do the research and figure out like where where I feel like would be best to donate um which I can't think of off the top of my head but selfishly I would definitely buy myself a house um particularly a brownstone in Brooklyn New York um immediately to New York I would immediately move there yep um Furnish the whole place, obviously. Um, I'd honestly probably also buy, like, my mom a home. Mm-hmm. Probably my dad, because they want to relocate, because obviously we have enough money. Um, and then pay off my brother's homes. Nice. Like, I think that'd be where I'd start. Yeah. And then from there, like, Invest. I'd save <laughs> a lot of it, obviously. Yeah. Put it in investing for retirement. Yeah, I mean, and there's so much you could do with it, but, like, oh, my gosh. I would travel, for sure. Like, I would buy a house, but then I'd also travel a lot. Okay, like, and give I'd... me an estimate. How much is a brownstone? Oh, Approximate. A like, five million? Two, on, let me two million? Let me look it up real quick. Because you have, the market you have $533 million. Even if you spent... Even if you spent Ten million dollars on a brownstone in New York. You still have five hundred and twenty-three million dollars. Well, I would be getting a good one. Let's just be real. No, I know, okay, but here, even okay. I just I just googled it and yeah, brought up okay. on Zillow. Yes, and it looks like it ranges anywhere from a million to four million. Okay, depending on like how many beds I would get. I'm starting to think that New York is actually more reasonable housing-wise than Nashville is. Well, that one's eight million, five beds. Wow. Eight. Okay, so I said ten million. Yeah. So like, so, if, so you if I gave myself 10, a buffer of ten, 
like if you, if you if also you, include like everything you have to put into it. Sure, but my point is like then you still have five hundred and twenty three million dollars. So yeah, like I mean, even after paying off your fam like your uh, brother's homes, and after like buying your parents a home, that's what several more million because they're not living in New York. Right. Like between the between them all. Right. You'd still have over five hundred million dollars. That I mean, the amount I just can't even fathom. Yeah, okay. I just think like a lot of it would have to be donated. Like, it's like donated would... and then set yourself. I would. Do you want to hear what I would do? Yeah, I the mean, f- I've got so many other things I could do, but yes, go for it. The first thing I would do is I'd send my boss a text that just was like a peace sign. <laughs> Well, yeah, I would definitely do that too. Be like, Bye, guys. Bye. I am out of there, and I'm never working a day in my life on on like for a paycheck. Like I'm going to start doing stuff that I care about only. Um, the people I'd call would be my sister, uh, and my girlfriends, Sarah. Yeah. That pretty much covers it. Sarah and you guys all know Elizabeth because she was on. So probably the three of them. Um, And obviously those are calls outside of like an attorney and a financial planner. You know, like those are the obvious ones. Yeah. Um, I'd not only buy myself a house, but I would buy kind of like you. I'd buy my sister and my brother-in-law a house and, and wherever they want. So... Hashtag, they better move to Nashville to be near me if I'm buying them a home. <laughs> like they might as well, they might as well be here. I'm buying right. them a home. I'm buying my dad a home and probably relocating him as well because I don't understand why he lives by himself, you know, up in Michigan. I'm buying my brother and sister-in-law a home. I know they have a home, so if they want to stay, I'll just pay off the rest of their mortgage or let them be in an actual home. Because I know they're in like a condo townhouse type situation. Like it's attached to other people's homes. Yeah. Um, so those homes. I would also buy a house in France somewhere. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, yes. So that I could go visit whenever I wanted. Um, hey, remember and- like, I don't know if we said this on the podcast or if we talked about this in like human interaction life. Um, I love how you just said human interaction life. <laughs> Whatever. That just is giving uh, me life right now. What? I remember when we both talked about like getting like, vacation you, swapping? You would get a house yes. in France and I'd get one in New York and we'd swap. I, yep. That's I think still, we could still do that. We could absolutely do that. We are very much still going to do that. Cool. Um, so yeah, besides homes, I think, um, I think I'd buy myself like a car like a nicer like an actual brand new car um i don't even care that they depreciate like and i don't even want one that's like three hundred thousand or like ridiculous like i just want i just want a tesla like that doesn't seem too bad like a hundred thousand dollars i see them all the time down here so i love yeah they're all over in nashville there's a dealer here so um and a vespa like i want a vespa so bad and then and then obviously like investments i'd i'd open college funds for all three of my nephew niece nephews and niece um, so that they don't have to worry about going to college. Um, obviously like into retirement savings into um, like, I mean, my gosh. I think I would also help like pay off debts of my family, like my immediate oh. family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, and get also, rid of their debt. Mm-hmm, I also like, in my brain, I was like, this was what I'd do first. So I just went straight to the fun stuff. Just like you, I would absolutely donate yeah. money. Um, where we where we met, so our, our previous workplace, I would go in and I would eliminate the building mortgage for them. And oh, then nice. same thing with, um, same thing with where I'm at now. <clears throat> I would go in and um, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a church goer, so I would tithe 10% of it to my local church. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? Because like that that's check. what like that's what the Bible like to me, right. like I believe that that's what the Bible tells us to do and how to financially steward our money. And so could you imagine walking it? Like close your eyes, Llewellyn. I want you to imagine that you're a pastor of a church 
And I want you to imagine me walking in the door and I'm in your office and man, you're stressed out. You've got people worries. You're you're trying to financially provide for these families who are like doing mission with you, like you believe in it and all the things. And you're trying to write your Sunday sermon. And I ask for an appointment and I come in and I say, hey, um, I'd like to I'd like to tithe. So here's a check for fifty three million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, like what could, I mean, they would give it, they would give some of it away because they also support like missionaries and yeah. um, children's homes in Mozambique. Like they, like, so they wouldn't just keep it for themselves either. They'd probably go into a new building so that there's more room because we're already running out. But, oh man, it would just be a dream. Anyways, I just had to geek out on that because one, it's fun to dream. And also anytime the lottery is over like $500 million. I think I'm just going to go ahead and go for it. <laughs> like, I don't care that. Yeah, might as well. Technically, like, it's like a, you're like thrown in your lot. What's interesting is that of, of the $1.3 billion, what they automatically take out is if you receive the initial payout, like if you take the lump sum, the the winner receives it's really 806 million until the taxes are taken out but what's interesting is because i live in, and you live in a non-state tax state we wouldn't yeah. pay the state taxes for that it's a benefit so after the like initial federal tax is withheld which r- was removing 201 million dollars then like I wouldn't like I would not have anything else. So technically, we would have taken home six hundred and four million dollars wow. because we wouldn't You've have really to pay state the taxes. Math on this. No, well, no, I just pulled up a. I did no math. I literally Googled one point three billion net take home. <laughs> Got it. Because I had to know. Like, I know they're not taking one point three billion dollars home, but I had right. to know. Like, what does that drop down to? So anyways, thank you for dreaming with me. Our lives would look so different. Like, then you could volunteer all of your time to doing what you love to do or what you're passionate about or oh, what you feel 100%. purpose to do. Yeah. Like, you would no longer need to take a job. Like, you could literally put all of your money in, like, a mutual, like, mutual funds and just live off the interest every year as your income and not even take an income from somebody. Yeah. And just do what you love. So if you love, um, I don't know, I don't know, you could change your community. You could, you could. It would, it would be incredible. I mean, literally, it, like yeah. your heart's desire, whatever you're passionate about. Anyway, so we've taken already way too much time, but I was just like, we have to talk about it because that's so much money. Anyways, okay. Bring us back to reality and human talk. Um, human interaction. Human interaction. No, I'm just kidding. Podcast talk. And give us the episode recap for this episode, and we'll get into it. All right. So this week we watched season five, episode six, titled The One with the Yeti. This was written by Alexa Young uh, and directed by Gary Halverson and originally aired on November 5th, 1998. While rummaging in the storage room, Monica and Rachel meet a hairy neighbor they first mistake for a Yeti. And to smooth things over with Emily, Ross agrees to de-Rachelize his apartment. That's a nice way of putting it. It is. Uh, Okay, so... Yes. This week... So I broke it down into three categories. We have Phoebe's coat... Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel and the Yeti slash yes. Danny um, yes. and Ross and Emily. Um, let's start in the soft open because wait, I mean, can does... I just make a mention now that you mentioned the three storylines? Yeah. Um, this is the first episode of this season where Monica and Chandler's relationship is not a part of the storylines. It's oh, technically I... alluded to in a small scene like yeah. at the beginning right here. But it's not, like, a main thing, which is, like, the first time since we started season five. That is interesting. 
It's good. Fact. And obviously they talk about it on the couch, which you can refer to it later. Yeah. But yeah. it's not like a storyline topic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we're going to start in the soft open because like Leanne just mentioned, um, this is the only chunk in the entire episode where it's like exclusively Monica and Chandler. Um, and it doesn't really tie into the rest of the episode. So we start in the guy's apartment. Monica and Chandler are sitting in a recliner making out and Joey enters and immediately goes, none of that, not while living under my roof. Um, <laughs> just because I know doesn't mean I have to like looking at it. And Chandler mentions like, shouldn't you still be at an audition for like another hour? Um, and Joey apologizes that he's not a middle-aged black woman and that sometimes he goes to the wrong audition. <laughs> Aw, poor Joey. Um, Did you see that, that Courtney was, like, kissing with her eyes open? No, I didn't. I like, was they were like by her hair. Her hair was flawless. Okay. They were, like, squinted. But, like, nothing drives me more nuts than watching a TV show where someone keeps their eyes, like partially open yeah that's weird i'm like close your close your eyes yeah yeah that's weird um but joey tells him that if he has to pretend not to know anything they need to pretend that there's nothing to know which is a valid thing yeah i completely agree i'm seconding joey's stance yeah so joey goes into his room slams the door they start kissing and he tells him (laughs) that he can hear them So they quietly sneak out and go to Monica's apartment because Rachel is not there. And they close the door super quietly, but he, and a second goes by and we hear Joey say, I can still hear you, even though they're not there anymore. Yeah, it makes me think at the beginning, he was just kind of pulling their leg, thinking that like, they're definitely going to keep going. Oh, yeah. But then he like went too far. Um, Just a quick note, the Magna Doodle says, why? Very boldly, too. Very boldly, yeah. Very obviously. Yes, that would be a better way of saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so then let's talk about Phoebe and her coat. Her Um, coat. I feel like we're talking about uh, Joseph in the Technicolor coat or whatever it's called. (laughs) The Technicolor dream coat? Yeah. What's interesting is like this is the second time in a really quick succession that we've seen Phoebe with like clothing that doesn't align with her beliefs. Like it was the leather pants. Now it's this minx coat, (laughs) which I think they just keep like circling the same drain when it comes to Phoebe's storylines. Yeah. Like the meat with Joey, you know, like, and I get it. Yeah. So we start in the cafe and Phoebe comes in with a giant box um, and tells her friends that she it's an heirloom from her grandma. And she's surprised. She's, you know, like a year ago, I didn't even know I, like any of my family. And now all of a sudden I have an heirloom from a grandparent. Um, and so she puts her leg up on the table and pulls a knife out of her shoe. And the look, like the expression on Joey and Chandler's faces is like kind of like shock. Like, did she really just do that? Um And so she cuts open the box and she immediately throws it on Joey because she realizes that it's Mink's coat. Uh Um, Just fur. Complete fur. Um, And like just like the boot knife is never mentioned or acknowledged after she sets it down. Like and she leaves it like it's never brought up again. (laughs) She kind of like giggles a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And then sets it down like it's no big deal in the middle of a cafe. Um. So she throws the coat on Joey and she is just like flabbergasted that her mother doesn't seem to know her very well. And um, she's like, I already have a coat. Why would I need that? And Chandler, she's no, she says, I already have a coat that's not made of an innocent animal. And Chandler um, references, he's like, no, but there are nine year old Filipino kids who work their fingers bloody for 12 cents an hour. (laughs) And Phoebe's face is like, what? Horrified just kidding that never happened yeah he had to kind of backpedal one thing i was surprised that they didn't lean into really heavily was when she said it's like my mother doesn't know me at all and it's like didn't she just meet you for the first time in like season four (laughs) like at the at the beach place or or like just before that or whatever it's like she hasn't really known you for that long yeah but to be fair, like anyone who's like vegan or does CrossFit, it's like one of the first things you know about them. So 
Like, I True. could also see True. how the opposite of that works. Of like, she doesn't even know me. It's like, that would be something that you would kind of remember. Yeah. Um, so that's all that that scene was. But then we come back to the cafe later. And um, Phoebe is unsure of what she wants to do with this coat. And Joey immediately says, well, I'll take it. And she's like, that could work. So he goes to put it on. And um, Chandler immediately makes a... Um, Ms. Manelli joke mm-hmm. to which Joey quickly takes the coat off because yeah. he did not like that. Um, anything else there? Uh, no. Okay. So we go up to the apartment and she comes in and tells Monica that asks Monica if she remembers Chris, the crema- the, the guy from the crematorium. Um, and she said, yes, crematorium Chris. And <laughs> just like rolled off her tongue um but he said that he will cremate her coat for her if she brings in the next person she knows that dies to Gosh. him which is just so like wrong um but rachel spots the coat and immediately falls in love with it she loves every little detail about it and monica tells her that you know she's got to soak it all up because it's about to get cremated and rachel is like beyond herself she's like this is a crime against nature no (laughs) fashion if you destroy this coat um and phoebe points points out like so you're saying that death is fashion and she goes to act like she's on a runway so she puts the coat on and she's like i'm sporting a cutting edge hairy carcass from the steel traps of a of wintry russia And she's like, who would ever like them? Who would ever think they look good in this? And she spots herself in the mirror and she's like, ooh, I do. Yeah. Yep. So the tides have turned. It kind of is really perfect for her, too. Like, she already has that one orange coat that she wears. And so, like, the color of Minx is, like, not that far off. It's that, like, orangey amber shade, but, like, darker. And we yeah. already know that looks good on Phoebe. Yeah. So it, it does kind of work. It does. It does look really good on her. Yeah. Um, so we go back down to the cafe. And th- the rest of the appearance of the coat is just very, like, quick at the end of scenes. Mm-hmm. So she's going to leave, um, and she puts the coat on. And Chandler calls her out, like, wait a minute. What about um, what about your animal rights? Like, why, why, are you, why are you wearing that? So she justifies it by saying that she looked it up and Minx are not very nice. <laughs> Plus, she just really loves how the way it feels and it's the best thing she's ever had around her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's essentially it. Uh, yeah. And then the tag, which is just her walking outside and a squirrel is just there because <laughs> they're literally everywhere in New York City. Um, and she thinks that squirrel is like, judging her for wearing the coat so she takes it off and hands it to a random stranger and uh that's the end of the coat essentially yeah that's uh it's a pretty quick storyline pretty much all i have for it too cool so then we'll move on to rachel and the yeti aka danny um so we start in the storage room which is very dark might i add so dark Um, like put turn a light on Right, like, fix that light bulb. Like, what the heck? And I've never seen a, an, an apartment building storage unit so disorganized. Right. Usually they now, have, like, separate lockers or, yeah. like, something usually, that you rent. Yeah, or they're, like, usually, like, by the ha- like the apartment. Like, I've seen some where they're, like, outside the door and, like, down the hall, but not, like, in the basement. Yeah, it's so strange. It was really weird. Um, but Monica and Rachel are looking for a waffle iron because... Rachel wants the little round of waffles. Um, And Rachel is, like, immediately freaked out by this room, as she should be, as I would be. Um, I would be, too. And so Monica is just telling her, if you want the little waffles, then we need to find the waffle iron. Um, And they're walking around, and she finds it, but it's sitting under a can of what Monica refers to as poison. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was a bug bomb, essentially. Um, And Rachel, at that point, decides... or she's like well she still kind of wants waffles but then the light flickers and goes out and she's like you know i think toast is fine and they pick up the box to leave but then somebody enters the room with a pickaxe the most random things a pickaxe so the girls scream 
set off the fogger and run out. And the most dramatic music ever is played in this moment. It was <laughs> yeah. a little too intense. I'm not- I'm remembering it now, but I didn't realize it in the moment. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's like very intense and very unnecessary because then uh-huh. it immediately goes to the next scene and it's like dead quiet. Yeah. Um, and the next scene is the cafe. Other stuff happens first, but Monica and Rachel enter and they're like frantic. They saw a crazy-eyed, hairy beast man, a Bigfoot, or Yeti, Yeti. as Rachel calls him. Um, they tell him that he came at them with an axe, so the only thing they could think of doing was fog him. So they fogged him. And Joey asks if he had a dark beard and a, or dark hair and a bushy beard, and they're like, yes. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, you fogged Danny. And they're like, who the heck is Danny? And he's like, it's a new guy that moved in downstairs. He just got back from a four-month trek in the Andes. Mm-hmm. He was a super nice guy. Um, and Monica is, like, offended. She's like, yeah, of course she would defend the guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, she knew the guy or whatever. Um, and then we immediately go to the hallway outside Danny's door, and the girls have come to apologize. So they knock... And they apologize to him, and all he says is, okay, and closes the door. His hair is horrible. Oh, it's absolutely atrocious. You can definitely tell that it's, like, a wig. Fake. All of it. All of it is fake. It's, like, not even the same color. From top to bottom. It's just so bad. It's so bad, yeah. Wig wig technology has come a long way. Yeah. 1,000%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the girls didn't like that, so they knock again. Uh, because they don't feel like he accepted their apology. And he looks at them again and says, okay, and closes the door. And they're still, like, flabbergasted. So they knock again, and they're like, you did not accept our apology. Like, we are, like, we're trying to apologize to you. And he looks at them and says, okay, and closes the door again. Um, So at this point, Monica's like, he is such a rude guy. And... Rachel tells her, you know, like, if I were to have fogged you, like, you would have at least accepted my apology. And she's like, well, you did kind of fog me. She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so... And it was, like, the most dramatic apology. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, Monica. Yeah. She's like, thank you. I forgive you. Um, So they put on this, like, little performance outside his door. I don't know if they were doing it for his attention. I probably would have done something like that, but... I don't think they were doing it for his attention. I think they were genuinely supposed to do it. I just think that Jennifer and Courtney overplayed it. Yeah. Because I think they were supposed to be genuine. Like, yeah, they almost got distracted by their own apology from their point. But then they went too hard to where you're like, are they supposed to be, like, trying to prove it to him? But he's, like, gone. He's, like, not even. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was funny, nonetheless. Um... So then later on, we're at the apartment entrance, which is this the first time we've ever seen the apartment entrance? I can't. I don't. Some of me thinks that it isn't. But now I don't know if it's because I remember it from the first time I watched it all the way through or if something legit happened. I cannot remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. I just remember, like, we don't see it very often. No. Um, But Rachel enters and she sees somebody at the mailbox and says hi, like, in a flirtatious way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he points out that she likes short hair better. Uh, and she's kind of caught off guard, and she's like, wait, Yeti? I mean, Danny? Um, and he's like, yeah, I had to cut my hair because I couldn't get the fogger smell out of it. Um, and then she just admits that she wouldn't have fogged him if he didn't look so, and he immediately calls her out, like, oh, it's okay, some people just are into appearances. Because he's judging her based on the bag she's holding and the sax catalog that's in her hand. Um, And she is quick to disagree. Like, you don't know who I am. Like, how do you know I don't have toys for underprivileged kids in this bag? Um, And he's like, okay, well, do you? And she said, well, if they like running around and playing with capris. Um, And his simple response again is, okay. And he walks away and this just like sets her off because she's like, I can't stand you saying that. And so she follows him all the way to his apartment, knocks on his door. He opens and she just like 
screams at him essentially like admits that she judged him by appearance at first but he's the biggest hypocrite because he's doing the same thing to her right now um so like what do you have to say about that and he kind of pauses for a minute and then he just comes out and says do you know if the pizza place across the street is any good you want to go get some pizza which would definitely take me by surprise and i think it definitely took her by surprise um because she agreed and they went across the street to eat pizza yeah but as they were going to leave she said okay and he said could you stop saying that i really hate it when you say that it's yeah because she did it in like she did it like really quickly right yeah because she was like yeah she like basically mimicked him without without trying to mimic him right i just don't i don't i think danny is the worst I don't like him at all. I don't like what's happening with this, like, date thing. I just don't love this storyline. It's my least favorite. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of weird. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, did they just add this in because they needed the, like, Rachel and Ross to be a part thing? Yeah. And so they yeah, probably to be, like, distracted with something. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I would agree. I don't really care for the storyline. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess the only other storyline now is Ross and Emily. Ross and Emily, this is the final on-screen appearance of Helen Baxendale. Yeah, it's such a short appearance, too. She technically does have a voiceover in the one with the ride-along, um, but this is, like, on-screen, her final thing. Good to know. Um, so we're in the cafe to start with and Ross enters and he is standing next to a pole that has a bunch of flyers on it. And Gunther tells him that he cannot put a flyer up, um, which Ross is like, everybody else does. And he's like, yeah, but you can't, um, <laughs> just very like blunt. He's matter so of fact. petty. So I petty. Love I love petty it. Petty Gunther. Um, that's what I'm going to call this episode. The one petty with Petty Gunther. Gunther. Yeah, you should. Um, so Monica asks why why he's selling his stuff, and it's because Emily wants all new stuff. So Ross is selling all his furniture, and according to Monica, it's getting rid of anything Rachel has ever touched sale. Pretty much. Um, which Gunther hears and immediately comments that he would love to have all of it. Um, and the friends, so Ross kind of like, or wait, no, the friends are concerned. They show their concern. And Ross just assures them, like, he just wants to do whatever he needs to do to get Emily to New York and everything will be better. Um, And Phoebe tells him that he got off easy. And she tells us a story about a friend whose husband said another girl's name in bed and she cursed him and has made his air quotes thingy turn green. (laughs) Um, And Ross is like, what? And just walks away. And this is when the friends, minus Rachel, um bring up their concern for the whole situation and their disdain for Emily, but they're not like, well, not all of them are openly saying that they can't stand her. Um, uh, Joey's just frustrated because, you know, if they, they're not going to stop seeing Rachel, which means they're probably not going to end up seeing Ross and Phoebe's not happy with everything changing. But Monica tells them like, look guys, if Ross is happy, And then we have to keep our feelings about Emily to ourselves. And so she asked Joey, like, are you cool with that? He's like, well, I'm an actor, so I can just act cool. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. Great in theory for a little while. (laughs) Yeah, a little while. Um, So a little while later, we're back in the cafe. Same people, I think. Um, And Ross is on the phone with Emily And he doesn't look thrilled, but he tells his friends that he is now moving to a new place um, because Emily thinks and Ross agrees that fresh new furniture, (laughs) why not a fresh new apartment? Yeah. And the way he's saying it is so like, he's saying it as if he's trying to convince himself as well. Yeah. Because he kind of like pauses. He's like, Emily thinks and I agree. And I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently her cousin has a place to sublet with a view of the river on one side and Columbia on the other. And Joey immediately claps back his unhappiness about it 
because it's way uptown, three train stops away. Um, yeah. But Phoebe. Hold on. I have something about the three yeah. trains away. So Columbia is on the number one. And at that point, the number nine. So like at the time in the show, the number nine line, the same subway line that's the closest to the apartment on Grove and Barrow. So Joey and really anyone else would only have to take three trains if he switched from a local to an express and then back to a local. So it is three trains. It was like technically the way he's saying it, three trains away is like accurate. Okay. So yeah. Factual. Cool. Um, but as he's saying this, Phoebe, who's trying to get, you know, him to play along, pinches, like, his neck. Mm-hmm. And so he, like, stops and, like, you know, oh, that's totally fine. I like to ride the rail. Um, but Ross, who's still, like, trying to convince himself, tells them, you know, well, it's a long commute to my work. But, um, you know, hey, I've been given the gift of time so I can just do what I need to do. Uh, on my commute and Chandler jokes that he got the gift of space last Christmas so they should get their gifts together and then they could come up with a continuum (laughs) which is like such a Chandler thing yeah I think nowadays they would have made like a Marvel joke like now we just have to get the other four stones to make you know to change history or whatever it was you know like yeah yeah to make a gauntlet or something yeah it's space and time <laughs> so ross leaves um and joey is still upset with what emily is making him do so mm-hmm. phoebe pinches him again even though ross is not there um i love joey's nicks sweatshirt too in this episode yes yeah it's like a classic uh a good vintage sweatshirt that like i would buy if i saw one. Oh, 100 percent same so we're at Ross's apartment, packing up everything. Uh, all the friends are moving pretty easy boxes, and Chandler's trying to pick up this really heavy box. Um, it's like his height. <laughs> yeah, while Ross is on the phone with Emily. Yeah. Um, and he hangs up the phone, and Chandler asks him if the box is full of rocks. And Ross is like, no, it's full of a collection of fossil samples. <laughs> so Chandler just looks at him and is like, so, so rocks. rocks. <laughs> it's so good. And like, so the rocks. box is one of those like, heavy like, wardrobe boxes yes like why would you put your rock collection like everybody knows that if you're moving something heavy like that like put them in a, put in in a smaller lot of smaller box. boxes yes Ugh. like i would never put all of my books into one big box like that no just to keep them think, all together you would think that ross of all people would know that you would think but he also is really stressed so whatever like give him the benefit of the doubt yeah um so Chandler picks up a different box. All the friends leave and <laughs> Joey comes back in and they're Ross and Joey are just like reminiscing over the apartment. Like this is where Ben took his first steps. This is where Joey yeah. hit his head. Like just little things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Ross comes out and admits, he's like, look, I like, if I can be totally honest, like I don't want to move. Yeah. So Joey asks, like, are you saying that you're not happy, like not entirely <laughs> happy with the situation? Yes. Um, and Ross was like, well, if Emily had given me a choice, so Joey, like, immediately takes his time, like, his moment. Yes. And he tells him, like, dude, you had a choice. Like, it's not right what Emily is making you do. Yes. Um, like, you can you can say something to her. And the friends come in at this moment, and Phoebe pinches him, which is, like, her signal to get him mm-hmm. to stop doing what he's doing. Um, but Joey justifies by saying that Ross admitted he wasn't entirely happy. So I can tell him. And Ross yeah. is confused. He's like, what the heck is happening, guys? So Joey just yells, we all hate Emily. <laughs> Very boldly proclaims yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and Monica clarifies, like, no, we don't hate her. We just think that you having to sacrifice a whole, like, you're having to sacrifice a whole lot just to make her happy. Um, yeah. And Chandler says that she's being a little unreasonable. Um. And I'll have to admit, like Ross's, like Ross's, what Ross throws back at them, yeah, I feel like is very Ross, but like also like, like very true, in a sense. So I wrote it down. So he told him, like, 
okay, guys, let's have this conversation when one of you gets married because none of them have been married. Right. He said you have no idea how to how uh, to make them Technically, work. Phoebe's been married to a gay ass dancer. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> I just figured that out. But continue. Okay. Okay. Um, you have no idea how to make a marriage work. It's about compromise. Do you always like it? No. Do you do it? Yes. Because it's not laughing, happy, candy in the sky, drinking coffee at Central Perk all the time. It's yeah. real life, okay? And then looks at Joey. It's what grown-ups do. And he yeah. immediately storms off. Yeah. And Phoebe agreed. Okay. We, yes. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I just want to say, like, this this scene was actually really good. Like, one, Joey gets to speak up. And I love, I love it because he gets to stand up for his friend. Like, there are yeah. times in our lives where we don't even stand up for ourselves because we're trying to be the bigger person. We're trying to um, make things work against all odds, like kind of what Joey or what Ross is doing. You know, he's sacrificing a lot to make it work. And like, yes, there are times where like that is called for. But then there's other times where like, I love that Joey, he's like, Almost like, I'm going to stand up for you, Ross, even if you won't stand up for you. And I just really love that. Once again, consistently proving that Joey is the best of the friends. Yeah, I would agree. For sure. And then they all finally chime in because, like, Joey's already breaking down the, you know, broken down the wall of communication for that. Um, but I just thought it was really, like, Ross was genuinely upset. Like... I, not having remembered the specifics of this episode as clearly, I would have thought that Ross would have been like, oh, really? You think so? But, like, he was kind, he was really standing his ground um, and, like, digging in his heels on his side of things. And that's the risk that you take in friendships. Sometimes you tell the truth and, like, to a friend because you can see it from a different perspective and they don't agree and you yeah. have the opportunity to still be friends and just agree to disagree, but keep moving on and love them and, and support them even in their decision after you've communicated it. Um, and then we'll see at the end how that kind of like switches around. But I thought it was a really good scene overall. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was definitely like, it's one of those, mo- it's like one of those things that like, I feel like sitcoms, a sitcom like this, like they do it well in in spots because a lot of sitcoms, I feel like you have to have that balance of like funny and serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Friends does that. Like they have a lot more funny than serious moments. But when they have a serious thing like this, like conflict in a friendship, like I feel like they do it well. And that was like a good way to, I don't know, tie it in. Yeah, I agree. Um, just uh, as a fun fact, this is the final appearance of Ross's original apartment in this episode. Okay. Nice. I won't lie, I like his one he ends up in better. Agreed. Agreed. I like the fact of how close it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like right there. Um, so Ross storms off and Phoebe agrees <clears throat> that you guys, not including yourself, hang <laughs> out at the coffee shop way too much. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, so we go down to the cafe or over to the cafe mm-hmm. and the friends are all sitting there and they just feel super guilty about Ross yeah. um, and about what happened at Ross's. And Joey admits that he feels like it's probably his fault, um, which Chandler and Monica look at <laughs> him and <laughs> agree like, yeah, if you would have just kept this to yourself, it would have been OK and we could have avoided this. Yeah. And Joey has the best comeback. And he um, does. With saying, you know, well, if I wasn't holding on to so much, you know, then something was just bound to come out. Um, and Chandler's like, well, I'm, it's very brave of you to say what you said. <laughs> because he realizes that, you know, I could have told him that you guys were in Your a relationship. Secret. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was good. It was really good. Um, and I think that's all that really happens there. Mm-hmm. Then we go back to Ross's apartment. And all the friends enter. Phoebe has her guitar. And they ask if he's still mad, um, which he says, yes, I am. Phoebe's like, well, that's good because we have an I'm sorry song. But Mm -hmm. he, you know, quickly tells him, like, I'm not in the mood. And it's very evident on his, like, face and his whole body language. So Joey starts the apology, um, as he probably should have. 
and the friends all agree and they just tell him like we want to support you in whatever decision you make like we just want to be here for you and ross and in doing this and saying everything like every time they say another thing um phoebe is like well you just took it right out of my song um because she really wants to play the song but they're (laughs) having like a serious moment yeah they're just like saying the lyrics (laughs) yeah essentially (laughs) it's like rhyming (laughs) yeah so ross admits that um everything has been hard and all he really needs from them is just their support yeah so monica comes over and offers to make his favorite dinner at the apartment tonight um which he reluctantly agrees and they have this really sweet like hug like brother sister moment um and at this point ross notices phoebe's coat which i forgot to mention earlier um and mm-hmm. he's like why are you wearing fur she goes okay well it's just about perspective people it's not like <laughs> i'm wearing a seeing eye dog coat <laughs> yeah and you see, I don't know if you noticed, but you see Chandler like kind of patting her back during this scene because like she isn't, she's not able to play her song and she keeps getting flustered about it. And he's like patting her back. Like, Aw, I really didn't sweetly. notice that. That's cute. Um, so then the final scene, which is kind of long, but um, probably the most important scene. Yeah. We're at the apartment for dinner. Definitely pivotal for sure. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say important. Pivotal is better. Um, we're at the apartment and Joey apologizes to Ross and blames his outburst on being an actor. And he says this like really weird story about he has to keep his emotions right on the surface. And he has like a lot of balls in the air. And like, I don't even know exactly what he said, but Ross is like, what? And he goes, I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. Like he doesn't even understand what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but then Rachel enters and tells the friends that she had pizza with Danny um you know that yeti is one smooth talker (laughs) and this is a first scene where like all of them are in the same room together yeah um and Monica invites her to like stay and hang out with them but she takes the high road and says no like I'm just gonna go to my room like I really don't mind um and the friends all kind of give her a hard time. And she's like, guys, look, Emily wouldn't like it if she knew that all of us were hanging out. She's right. like, I don't mind. I'll just stay in my room. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ross does what I think is the right thing and yeah. stands up and tells her, like, no, just stay. Hang out with us. It would mean a lot to me. Yeah. And Joey bursts out that she should stay. And he goes, sorry, sorry. It, it's just an acting thing. He's like the kid asking the like step parent or something or like his parents to love him. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he just he takes That's on good. this like really weird like child role. Yes. As if his parents are divorcing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so same scene a little while later. Ross Wait, also. Yes. Does this red sweater remind you of anything that Ross is wearing? I have a big question mark over this sweater. Is it, spoiler, is it the sweater? I don't know. Because I looked at it and I was like, wait a minute. Is is that the sweater? Because it's like kind of v-neck, right? Yeah, maybe. I think it's the sweater. And I was like, I didn't realize that they were trying to like, if it is, then they were trying to get you to like subconsciously have it like in your brain. I wonder. So I'm going to keep... If I remember, I'm going to keep note of that. Like, if I see them put the sweater on him as, like, his wardrobe in, like, random episodes moving forward. I'm going to try and track it. I'm not very good at the tracking thing, because I think we've said we'd track things before and we haven't. (laughs) Except for the magnadoodle, but, yeah. Okay. I'll just, yeah. Nice. Nice catch. Thanks. I do think he looked really nice in that sweater, so I would. But I also, like. It must run in the fake family because Monica's colors are also red. So Ross is being red. Like it looks good yeah. on the Gellers. Red looks good on the Gellers. For sure. Um, okay. So Ross is over by the window and he points out that he sees ugly naked guy. He's back. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since we've seen ugly naked guy. Yeah. So um, long. I've seen in like air quotes. We haven't actually seen him, but. Right. True. So all the friends come over to the window. They're, like, super excited to be staring at this naked guy. Um, <laughs> and Monica points out, like, this 
is the last time all of us are going to be hanging out together, which is like mm. such a somber thing to say, but only yeah. Monica. Um, and the phone rings. So Monica goes to answer it and it's Emily who wants yeah. to say hi to everyone. So, uh. Ross, so Ross agrees and puts it on speaker. Come on. Um, okay. First she, of all, the speaker though, what, <laughs> what he, it was kind of a goof because he hung up the phone and then hit the button for the speaker, but the call would have been disconnected. He needed to push the like button first and then hung up. Does that make sense? He like clearly hung up the phone and then pressed the button. I was like, that's not how that works. So just, yeah. Whoops. Um, so then she asks who she's saying hi to, which so manipulative so manipulative. oh my god this whole scene makes just makes me want to like i'm so scream at her i liked emily and she very hard took a left turn yeah yeah um so joey because he can't contain anything uh blurts out that you know well i can tell you who's not here and that's rachel and rachel's sitting yeah. right next to him yeah um so emily does this little like chuckle and she's like well i should hope not ross should know better by now which is uh just makes me like cringe every time i think about it um so rachel gets up and storms off which is like accurate like if i were her like i'd probably be like in tears walking to my room yeah um but ross i'm proud of ross he stops and he's like no actually rachel is here yeah. Um, and so he or Emily asks him to be taken off speaker. Yeah. So he does. And they go to the balcony. And in this moment, like Ross finally like sticks up for himself in a sense. And he tells her like, look, I'm moving for you. I'm cutting friends out of my life for you. Like, just yeah. get on a plane and come to New York. And she tells him like, look, I'll feel better once I know like once I'm there and I know where you are at all times. Oh my He's, gosh, I can't. Yeah. And I think this is probably where he was like, okay, that's that's enough. Um and he just tells her like, look, you're you're not going to know where I am at every like every time. He's like, marriage is not going to work if you don't trust me. So, do you trust me? Yeah. And she kind of pauses. Um but I think we all knew like what her answer would be, yeah. and she just tells him, "No, I don't." Um so then back inside, Joey thinks that it's going really well because he's got his back to him. <laughs> yeah. And he tells Monica, he's like, oh, he's smiling for sure. Like, this is going well. And she's like, how can you tell? We see the back of his head. And he goes, oh, just like this. And so he stands in front of the window. And like, I've always remember this scene. Um, he stands in front of the window facing Ross and he's like smiling, frowning, smiling, frowning. Mm-hmm. And then it pans to Ross's point of view. He turns around with, like, a really sad face on, and Joey is, like, frowning at that moment. Um, And it's just, it's, like, a funny little thing. Yeah. So then Ross comes in, and they ask, like, what's going on? And he's like, well, I think my marriage is over. And, like, sits down, and they all come around him. And Monica points out that he's shivering. So Phoebe covers him with a coat, um, which is really sweet. And Rachel asks if there's anything that they can do for him. And he's like, well... You guys could help me get my furniture back from Gunther. <laughs> oh, no, Gunther. <laughs> oh, I love how he just offered to buy everything just because he heard that, like, Rachel's been all over it. Yeah. So good. Also, I, I should have said this at the time, but, like, Emily is just so unfair to not expect Rachel to be in her own house eating with all of her friends. Right. Like, like she could have been there. Should've, she should have questioned Ross. Like, then why are you over there? Not right. why is Rachel there? Rachel is at her home. She lives there. She should have been technically questioning. Like, then Ross, why did you go over there if you knew Rachel was there? You know what I mean? Right. But that's not the way it was presented. And I was like, that's right. so dumb. And just bye, Emily. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> bye. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. All right. But yeah, that's favorite it. scene. Um, I would say the combo of Chandler saying so rocks, and then Joey <laughs> standing up for Ross in their in his relationship, and all the friends being able to speak truth. 
you know, at a time where Ross wasn't, he wasn't ready to hear it because he needed to do what he thought he needed to do, even though the friends were right, which Ross ultimately came to see. But it's an important friendship moment to be able to speak truth when, when you know they're not going to agree with you. So that's, I really like that, the realness of that. I liked. Yeah. What about you? Um, I would, yeah, I would say the scenes where like Joey was standing up for Ross and like his, I think just like his performance in this episode in general, just like from trying to hold it back to like finally sticking up to apologizing mm-hmm. to like being the little kid at the end. I think like he just did a really good job at all those different emotions. Um, so I think more so favorite actor in this episode than favorite scene. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll go with that. How about rating? Oof. This one... Is it bad that I want to rate it higher because Emily is gone? (laughs) I know. But, like, Emily's not technically gone yet. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm going to give it an oh my god. It was just... It just hits under the mark on so many levels. I hate Danny a lot in that whole storyline and then with Phoebe and her coat like uh, meh. and then Emily just being a B <laughs> like I just can't I was just yeah I'm glad it's like resolved now but man it was rough getting here what about you um I think I'm gonna go with a Marcel Oh, even lower? I'm so surprised. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think just, just... when you said I was tempted to rate it higher. You're so No, funny. I mean, Did I would I rate it higher it just now? simply because, like, Ross stood up to Emily. Um, yeah. Because she was being a bee. But... I mean, I could be convinced to bring it down to a Marcel. <laughs> I thought it was that boring. Yeah, it's just not, like... It's not one of those, like, memorable episodes. Like, it has its moments, but, like... Sure. Yeah. So we'll leave it at that. I might agree with you, and I might even sm- say it was a smelly cat. Like, it was literally the worst <laughs> episode I've seen so far. I feel like we should just leave this one unrated at this point. Like, just a tag. It's just like a half point. <laughs> okay. That's terrible. Um, okay, post-show wrap-up trivia time. Okay, which friend me. let it slip that Ross was having a son? Rachel? Wait. Having yes. a son. I was right? Yep. Yes. Um, which friend is Catholic? Isn't Rachel. It Joey? Joey for sure. Catholic Italian? It's yep. Joey. You it. were definitely right. As soon we as he said it, it, I was like, yep. You were right. Um, I have no social media spotlight. That's okay this week so we'll go straight to recommend to a friend and you are at the last one i know i know i know to give everyone to give everyone context uh at the beginning of season five she had about seven of them on one because she knew she would just like move them to the next episode show notes okay yeah and now we're at the end which is what we do we try to do that but leanne is better at doing that than i am it's yeah it's so like I shocked I, her when she yeah. opened it and she was like, I was what? Like, what? How do you have so many? Yeah. Um, so it takes, this one... it takes like extra thought to be like, what am I doing? Yeah. Or what have I added? Or what have yeah. I something or othered? Yeah. And we had a long break. So like I had time to like build That's up. That's true. You know? That's true. Yeah. You're right. So I am recommending... A pair of running shoes, a brand mm-hmm. of running shoes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I've, I'm pretty sure I recommended the last pair of running shoes I got. And for anybody else out there that runs, like, yes, this is only my second pair of running shoes and I've been running, I should definitely have bought more than just my second pair now. Um, but don't judge me. So um, I think I already recommended the first kind I bought, but this time around I went both times I went and had them like, like talk to a person to like have them fitted to me essentially, um, or not fitted, but like what brand would be good for me. Mm-hmm. And this time I was going in hoping to get the same ones. Cause I was like, I really like these. Um, 
but the girl that I talked to brought out a couple different options as well. Um, and I knew of this brand because I know a lot of people that run with them, but I mm-hmm. just always thought, I was always told that they were for a different type of foot. So I was like, I'm never going to run in those. Um, oh. But she brought out this pair and she's like, these, uh, they've made these to look more like the Hoka's that I um, had originally run with. And okay. they just look better because if, for comparison, um, one of my friends, when I went and bought my Hoka's, years ago um Mm -hmm. told me that it looked like i was wearing old people shoes because the the (laughs) the, like soles (laughs) no just kidding the soles are like very thick um because they're designed in a way so that when like when you land um because my foot tends to go inwards when i land so they're designed to help that not happen um, which helps my knees in the long run which is a good thing is that pronate or over pronate i don't I always forget. Um, anyways, so the the lady brought out new hokas for me, and I tried them on, and they were comfortable, as I'm used to, but then mm-hmm. she showed me these Brooks running shoes, which are, like, a pretty popular name if you're a runner, um, mm-hmm. and they're better color. They're, like, purple and blue, and they're, like, really, really nice looking. Um, and they have like the thicker sole, but it's not like overly obnoxious like my mm-hmm. hokas were. Um, and I put them on and it literally felt like I was stepping onto a cloud. Like that's Ooh, how comfortable they were. Nice. Um, and I just feel like, so I, I bought them back when I was visiting Michigan and I brought them home and I wasn't going to buy them, but I was convinced by a friend to buy them because if I invest in them, then I'm more likely to use them. Which mm-hmm. is a valid thing. So I laced them up and started running. And I honestly, I don't know why I ever ran in anything else. Because my legs have not loved me more since wearing these shoes. Oh, dang. Like, they're they're just, like, very, they're very light and very airy. And when I run, it's like, I, I don't know. It just, like, they feel so great. Um so if you're looking for a pair of running shoes, I definitely recommend going to a store and having somebody like help you pick one because your feet may not fit in a certain kind. But yeah, um, I think these ones are, they're Glycerin number 20. I think they're on 21 now. So mm. this is a slightly older brand, but um, they're super comfy. Oh, apparently just noticed they're nitrogen infused. Wow. That's interesting. And they're made in Seattle case anybody cares um but yes i highly recommend brooks running shoes that was a really long story to just tell you about some running shoes so <laughs> sorry i once dated a runner whose last name also happened to be brooks <laughs> nice nice um my recommend to a friend is i have finally done what i set out to do a while ago i bought a nintendo switch and i finally got on someone's family plan so that I can play with other Nintendo Switch users. Where you at? In games. Let's go. So currently, um, my nephew is loving me because over the last like three, like today included, as soon as I get, they're like, they've literally been FaceTiming me for the last 10 minutes trying to like get me on because we're going to play tonight. So one of my nephews lives out in California and one of my nephews lives in Oklahoma. And obviously I live in Tennessee. So um, the fact that I can spend quasi quality time, it's like semi quality time on something that they love. I'm just super excited um, to be able to do that. So right now we're only playing Fall Guys because it's a free game and I don't have any paid games that I have, Um, but I'll slowly be building out my, my repertoire and I'm excited about it. So if you have nephews or nieces or kids who have friends across the world or United States and you or want them your, to be able to... Or your, your podcast friends. Or your podcast friends. Um, yeah, I recommend, highly recommend a Nintendo Switch and getting the Nintendo Switch online um, membership plan. I think it's like $20 a year. Yeah, it's And then super you can affordable. get like the extended pack that adds to certain games and things like that like you can definitely build on that but 
just to have access to like a long distance relationship builder to me is like totally worth it. Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend that to a friend. Nice. So next week we will be back covering the one where Ross moves in. How we're moving. Woo! All right. We'll catch you guys next week on the one with the friends podcast. <laughs>